Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. You're listening to a pro wrestling show. It is Tuesday, 1st of June, 2021. Uh, if you did watch last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, you know it was quite the show. We'll get to it towards the end of the program today because uh, I'm very happy to say we have a special guest, which I did promise at the start of this year we'd get more of. And I think I've done a grand total of one person. But hey, two is better than one. So we move on to two today. It's my very, very good friend who I have chatted to on his own stuff that we also have to touch upon at some point. And it is the, I was going to call you the British wrestling sensation. But then I was like, is that I feel like that kind of pigeonholes you a little bit. Anyway, it's my man, David Francisco. Dude, how you doing? I'm an international superstar, Simon Miller. But you have to I like to do that tweet, you know. Every time I like wrestling in France and I have a good picture, I'll always share it with a tweet of like international superstar breaking down in like five or six lines, you know? Because <laughs> I'm a big deal, you see. I'm a really big deal. But you have to be an international superstar <laughs> because, of course, you are you are a name on the British wrestling scene. But you obviously flocked here from the great country of Portugal, which, you know, that's a tough thing to do. So, you know, straight away, that's more than one country. That's two. <laughs> so it counts as international. Have we ever talked about that? Why did you come over here for? for I think we um, talked about this. Let's just start there. So yeah, people that don't know, David Francisco is uh, he's a British wrestler. He's massively influential in my own career because he has helped train me on multiple occasions i can't even remember how many and to be honest he's just an all-around good dude but yeah like i think we have talked about this probably sat around uh, a ring at some point but yeah what was the because it's a big deal jumping from one country to the next especially when you're trying to do something like wrestling because well wrestling is just nuts you know even if you do do it in the country of your birth well, first of all, hi. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone listening. Uh, it's it's great to 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 be here. It's um I moved because of professional wrestling. I thought you did, yeah. Right. That's it's it it's up, literally that. It's it's I remember being sitting on my then girlfriend uh house in uh in an afternoon, like in the summer, I think. Like uh, uh yeah, I'm sure it was something like that. And I was in her living room, which was massive, and my computer was had to be charged, so I had to be sitting next to the 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 piece of furniture that had my computer on top, and I was sitting on the floor watching NXT, right? And I see Paige winning the NXT championship, the women's championship, and for some reason was like in my mind, it's like, well. If she's doing it, why can't I do it, right? She's 22, I'm 23 at the time. Um, she's from the UK, I'm from Portugal, right? And and I think it was never a thing, never from... I think it's part of the culture, you know? It's this culture in Portugal of like... And I'm not saying everyone is like this, and I'm not even saying that this is wrong, but just the idea of like, what are you going to do, move? I always felt that <laughs> when it comes to wrestling, you know? Wrestling is... The scene in wrestling is very small, Um I I did like eight years of wrestling in Portugal, um, and it was like when I'm saying I did wrestling there was uh, there would there'll be t t years where I would do three shows the entire year, right? Wow, man, yeah. uh, and the of the five shows that would happen of wrestling um, there, but so it was never the thing of like professional wrestling was never an option to, as a career, you know, until that moment when I see you win the championship, I'm like, you know what, screw it. <laughs> I'm gonna try and, and do it and and to be fair the uh, my girlfriend at the time Joanna she was very supportive of that as well and I moved here because at the end of the day it's like I, I really felt this like a year or two in where um, I wasn't uh, like wrestling regularly yet and being booked yet I, I had my my opportunities and in, in, in small promotions and stuff but I was training a lot and I had I, I look back at like if you look at 2020s big shows, right? The WrestleMania, the Tokyo Dome, the, the AEW pay-per-views. I've had seminars and shared locker rooms, which meant that I shared ex like learning experiences with at least a quarter of all the people involved in these shows, right? Yeah. Like you name a name of someone that has done something pretty significant in the past five years. And I've had the chance of, if nothing else, learn 
from them. And I remember thinking that if it's like it was it was worth it just for that because I know I'm a better professional wrestler because of it. And even if it's like I'm doing anything here or I'm doing anything in Portugal, but at least if I'm doing anything here with my life, I have the the wrestling on the side. Yeah. Uh, and I feel I'm feeling more fulfilled because of it, you know. Hell even yeah. on the first day, like when I when I flew here, the day after I landed, I went to my first training session here at the time at the Projo. And um and I was it's not like i was really bad but i was used to being like a big fish in a small pond in portugal being the guy that's training people right and then i come here and i realize that i have so much to learn and i remember it was the way back home from there was the first time that i was on the bus uh and i I had to go to the top floor and be in front the bus is in london and uh, and i remember like sitting there and be like this was cool because there's so much to learn and there's a lot of, it's already worth it, you know, yeah. for, um, to, to learn how to be a better professor. But yeah, that, that's why, that's why I moved here. And, uh, and here I am six years later. That's awesome though, man. Like though, taking those decisions is all, well, lots of people say, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, but they don't actually do it because it takes a huge mental leap really to actually say, okay, well, I'm going to take one life and I'm going to copy and paste it somewhere else, especially when you're doing it for, you know, wrestling is great, obviously, but it's also something that can be really hard to crack when it comes to the super big leagues, because obviously there's only a select few positions, obviously more now courtesy of AEW, which is another reason why having two companies is good, but to sort of, bet, I think it's betting on yourself, isn't it? You always hear people like AJ Styles yeah. and other dudes say that, but there is something to it. Or like Drew McIntyre, when he got kicked out and released, it was like, okay, well now I'm going to prove to you that you've made a terrible error here. And the best way to do that is to put yourself in crazy, uncomfortable positions, grow and learn and, you know, do all these experiences that, that you've just said. And it takes a sort of even in more interesting turn here, you know, as we are sort of halfway through 2021, because you are now, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've done sort of semi promoting before, but now you essentially have your own wrestling company. That's fair to say, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I announced it yesterday. Um, I've been, it's been in a worse for a while, like with, um, with a big, uh, uh, earthquake that shook the the, the <laughs> British wrestling scene uh, in 2020 uh, between the pandemic and obviously speaking out. Uh, there was I, I like I looked and there was like this huge gap, this huge space in in the London wrestling scene uh, between the level of the wrestling schools and then the big promotions. You know, there's um, like if that by any chance there's someone listening that doesn't understand exactly how how like indie wrestling works it's like there's tons of small indie companies and then a little bit bigger indie companies and then even bigger indie companies right and you kind of like go up the ranks through this and you gain your experience you you hone your craft like they like to say um, in all these companies here and there was the gap that was open in in London and I wanted to make sure that that gap wasn't there, if for nothing else, so that there's somewhere for me to wrestle, you know? There's, you, there's that selfish side of it as well, absolutely. Not at all, man. Like, the, the amount of sort of people that have made it as well that say, oh, I did this because, you know, I put myself in, in the shoes that I wanted somebody else to give me, right? I think that makes all the yeah. sense in the world. Uh, so give me the headline stuff, name of the promotion, first shows, where you're running, all of that. So it's uh, Purpose Wrestling. Uh, you can find it uh, for now on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is Wrestle Purpose because Twitter doesn't like more than 15 <laughs> characters on the name. <laughs> but everywhere else is Purpose Wrestling, including the website PurposeWrestling.com. And I think that w- I think that would be the first place I would send people to, so people can see like everything we're doing. The first show will be on the Merton Art Space. Uh, there's been wrestling there. Soul used to run that venue. It's in yeah. Wimbledon. It's so cool because it's like it's the Wimbledon Library that has a um, like a place uh, in the back for, for shows to happen. And we just put a ring there and we're literally like, people are watching a wrestling show with um, books around them. That's excellent. Right? That's why I love it. Shelves and yeah. shelves and books around them. And then like on top of that, they have great sound, great lights. It, it, really, it's, it looks really good as a show. Um, it's very well located. It's um, it's a really it's a fun night out, right? The first show is going to be on Friday, thirteenth of August, and I'm probably going to run all the shows on Friday. And it's like, come watch the wrestling show. 
there will be like some beers and drinks and some snacks for sale and stuff. It'll be a fun different night out, which is what it basically what wrestling seems to always be. And that's kind of what I'm going for uh, when it comes to the target audience. And, uh, and yeah, we got a lot of people confirmed for the show already. Well, obviously, besides me, I will be wrestling. Um, <laughs> Yo, JMO, Connor Mills, NIC, Jordan Brakes, Darcy Stone, RJ Singh, um, JJ and Rex, Jordan Saeed, Solomon Lambs, a few of the names that we have confirmed already. Um, and I'm still working on a few more. I'm hoping to get at least a few of the matches, confirm a few of the matches out so that I can then put tickets on sale. June 22nd for the newsletter subscribers. If you go on the website, purposewrestling.com slash newsletter, uh, everyone that subscribes to the newsletter will get a pre-sale link and then tickets will go for general sale on June 25th. Yes, that is after June 21st, after the dates that in, in theory day, yeah. <laughs> lockdown will end. I want to make sure that I don't sell tickets before that date. Wow. Because I may have to move things over. But it's looking like it's not going to happen. It's looking like it will the shows will definitely happen and things will definitely happen so um yeah that's it It'll, like come around if you're in london if you want to have like see we will we won't be the first wrestling show back because ref pro is running the cockpit um i think they have a july date if i'm not mistaken and they always run the first sunday of the month um in melbourne at the cockpit in melbourne uh but we are the second right and we're like before the pandemic, there was what, like five, six promotions running in London and they would be full and there was like uh, a lot of uh, um, people to come and watch those shows. It wasn't, it was a market that wasn't oversaturated. There was definitely a demand for progressing there. And I'm confident that that demand is going to be there. And I'm happy to um, be able to help out and do my part to make sure there's a scene and make sure that the scene is better, you know? Oh yeah, man. But yeah, we've talked about that before and other things that we've done It's massively important. And I suppose that's another reason I thought it'd be a good time to do this show today because fingers crossed by the end of June, you know, most people are slowly starting to run shows again, which means, cause I get asked this question all the time. Like, oh Miller, why'd you give up wrestling? Why'd you give up wrestling? I'm like, cause the Aww. world made me. Like, I didn't choose to give up wrestling. I was told because no one's stay. doing wrestling, dude. Yeah, no one's doing it. And I was told to stay in my house. So, I mean, I could go to a wrestling ring, but no one's going to watch. So, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed in about a month's time, we could start talking about dates and shows and bookings. And as the world and even does, training, uh, you know, even training, you were mentioning like training as well. Like we're going to open the, the the wrestling school in London. Knuckle Locks will will open soon. We're in the process of doing that again. And I went to see a unit the uh, last week with uh, with Ocean, um, and start the process of finding a place. And just the fact that we were together, like searching for places, it just makes makes it feel like things are coming back to normal already. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? It, it's true. And especially you mentioned the training as well because, you know, that's such an integral part you know no one understands like so many people say to me oh simon what's the best advice you could give to being a wrestling you know becoming a wrestler so just go to training now don't worry about it. i mean you need to be doing cardio in your own time and staying in shape but it's going to kick your ass anyway so you may as well just go and get yourself in the best in the best shape possible and again when the world starts opening up i know i've done it i'm sure you've done it a little bit different from your own perspective of course because of knuckle locks but i've chatted to a bunch of guys who are just like well i don't know where i'm gonna go because i don't know what exists anymore and i don't know what exists anymore so it's kind of a it's not a terrifying time but it's uh it's an interesting time and fingers crossed yeah. it's going to be an exciting time because i know that i want to get back into it it now there was certainly a time where i felt like oh, i've just lost 18 months not that long 14 15 months where i wanted to get more experience and i wanted to get better but the fact we've all done it at the same time even outside of wrestling and the other endeavors that people have it, it the fact that we can almost or that we're so close to be able to do it again is it's it's kind of weird it feels, <laughs> it feels good, kind yeah. of surreal <laughs> because especially like knuckle locks is a place that you know i i used to train at as well and in a good week you know you'd be there two three times a week if you could do it and it's just like wow that's been zero for, for for such a long time and again because i know people will say miller miller i want to be a wrestler knuckle locks when it does open will be an absolute you know, great school to go to. Is it still going to be a South London thingy or is it, I guess it all depends on what you can find, I suppose. Um, so the process right now is um, we are, because we weren't committed with a space beforehand, you know, we didn't, 
uh, we were already before the pandemic hit. Knucklebox was already looking for another place to to, yeah. to train, right? And basically, with with the, the way things happened with the pandemic, it was just like, well, that's just another push into that direction. Uh, only because like we just wanted to find a condition, uh, a unit with better or a place with better conditions. Um, and um, and basically, what's happening now is we are not rushing into it. You know, we are not like we could open tomorrow. But we want to make sure that we see as many options as we can to make sure that it's the best place, right? In terms of the conditions it offers, uh, the space we can use, the location, which is really important. It will absolutely be in zones one or two uh, of of London, and yeah. then it's like we'll see, we'll see where where it, um, whatever it's best for for training itself. You know, I think that as long as it's in this zone one two of, of london it will always be fine because people it's it's well half an hour extra if you need to go to the other side of the city for that yeah um so yeah at, at the moment it's all about finding the best uh, places you were talking about that indecision or the, that um yeah not indecision but like not knowing what's gonna happen not knowing where to come back just now and like there, there's a lot of people that are trying, that are doing stuff and have plans to do stuff. But from my, from my perspective, for example, with with purpose, I've had purpose as a project, like ready to go for months now, like for eight months maybe. Yeah. But I personally didn't want to announce until I had a date and a place confirmed. The place I had confirmed until I had a date to confirm, right? And I feel like there's a there's a lot of that as well there will be things that are happening it's not like things completely disappeared and the scene died i just feel like people don't want to announce to say you saying oh i'm doing something is different from actually having it done definitely you know and uh and i i believe that there will be i know that like in the projects that i'm involved in we are very close to like announcing things and getting them out there and being able to bring a bit more like let's call it normality back and i'm sure there'll be other people that are in the same situation and uh, things will will thrive when uh, things come back you know yeah which is why that june 21st day yeah for anyone that's sort of overseas listening this is meant to be the day when oh, yeah. we hit reset essentially and go back to where it was but there's also some talk that maybe it won't happen and if it doesn't happen, how that's going to affect wrestling shows? Well, you know, wrestling shows are going on kind of now. So it may be okay, but also it probably wouldn't. And they'd probably all be told, oh, you shouldn't have <laughs> you shouldn't have announced that date because now I'm going to make you delay it, which is not what anybody wants. But sadly, it is a routine that we've uh, that we've gotten into. But I think it's badass, man. Like, you know, I, I consider myself a very small part of, uh, of the British wrestling scene, but it's one that I want it to come back with a vengeance because especially maybe sort of two or three years ago, it was something that was talked about on a global level. And look at the amount of stars it, it was produced. the best indie NXT, scene in the world. Absolutely. It's why NXT UK became a thing because WWE were like, well, we want that pie. So they came, they came and ate the <laughs> whole thing. But, you know, I think even when that happened as well, people are like, oh, what's going to happen? There are so many good wrestlers just waiting to sort of make their mark and they just need an opportunity. So hopefully there will be a first for people to come out and watch wrestling. Like I say, the shows you've got and other people are running as well. And then we look back in six months to a year and all this is just a weird memory that we have. And it can just go back uh, to what we were doing and we won't all be absolutely blown up in the middle of the ring. Because again, cardio people, cardio. Oh my that's God. What, that's what you really oh. need to be a wrestler is to have cardio. And everything it's else the worst, okay. right? It is so worst. I've been doing for the past two weeks, of people listening, I've been doing, I was telling you about this earlier. Um, for the past weeks, I've been doing, so WrestleForce has return to country shows the for those who don't know here in in england there's like the these summer fairs country shows where there's like this open field and you just bring attractions there right i'm talking uh petting zoos and reptiles demonstrations and uh, bikes and dog shows and a wrestling ring where there's <laughs> matches happening every hour uh, wrestle force has um, like does a lot of these throughout the summer every year and um, and it's it's a very good opportunity to like being able to be back in the show environment without the pressure of it being a show that I'm going to use the word that matters um, because I can't find a better one, but it's not the best word to describe this. The thing is like when you go to a wrestling show, you have a certain mentality for this. Like, you know that it is expected of you as a crowd to be participative and, you know, to to be part of the show. Right. When you go to a summer fair and there happens to be a wrestling ring there, you may be curious to see what's there, but you don't have the the thing in you to like participate, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing is at the same time is 
people are also don't have any expectations of what they're seeing in the ring. So it's a very like low pressure situation, which is perfect for you to to get back in the ring and get back into that um, that uh, mold. And for the past weeks, I've been able to have the chance to uh, do that. And that first match, guys, <laughs> that first time I was in the ring, I it was the first time in my life. I've been doing this for 14 years, guys. Okay. It was the first time that I was in the <laughs> ring and I was too tired to do something. Man. It's, there a it, lot. it was <laughs> wouldn't be my first time. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst. It was honestly, I'm like, I've never felt like this. And uh, and oh, funny enough, this week was better. You know, um, it, it's just a process that we all gonna go have to go through. And I think it's it's better to just take the the hit, you know, and and try to go through it instead of trying to avoid it as much as possible. So listen, I'm talking about this here and. No one that was there that saw it knows what I'm talking about or knows who I am. So it was a perfect place for something that to happen, you know? I, I think you hit the nail on the head because, yeah, when you have a wrestling show in a venue, an arena, or whatever you want to call it, you, you are the focus of the attention. But as you said, at a summer fair, you're just one of many stands that happens to be happening. People come, people go, and they kind of smile at the, well, you know, the over-the-top nature of it. But you still know, and you know what you're trying to achieve. And yeah, there's no, I have been gassed in many situations when you're in a wrestling ring and your brain and your body are just screaming at you, I cannot let you get up. And you're like, well, somebody's about to close line your head off if you don't get up, so you better, you better get to your feet soon. And the worst and best thing about it is that you need to get yourself into that stage in order to not be in that state anymore going forward. Like if anyone listens to the Kurt Angle show, he was talking about this the other day. And he was talking about the death drills that he did when he was training for the Olympics, where you literally sort of just for three hours, take yourself to that point where you cannot move. And then you find a way to move. Then you have 10 minutes off and you do it again. You have 10 minutes off, you do it again. And again, it's a bit like anything else in life. It's a bit like, you know, wrestling itself, playing an instrument, video games, whatever. The more you do something, all of a sudden your body does start to adapt. And yeah, making sure you've got that wind because... You know, I don't want to do too much inside of baseball, but there are some wrestlers who will deliberately try and blow you up if they know, well, this guy's <laughs> out of shape, so I'll run rings around him to teach him a lesson. And it's actually a valuable lesson to learn. And I'm pretty sure, I would say 99% of people the first time they have a match, I mean, like training match as well, and a real match, actually probably more in a real match because your adrenaline goes through the roof because you actually have a crowd and you're nervous. And then in about two minutes, you're like, I can't breathe. <laughs> I've, I've, I've ejected all my energy. I did that. It was my my second, my third match. That was the first singles match that I had. And somebody had me in a, in a chin lock within the first minute. And I was like, I'm dead. Because I just, I was, I was an ultimate warrior. I just ran that. I was so pumped. I just ran out. And I was just like. Adrenaline. I don't know how he stuff. did it. I know he was a nut job. But I don't understand how that man ran and was able to do anything. Because I kind of power walked. And I was like, I need a minute. So it's uh, it's an incredible. Well, thing. he did it every night. I guess that helps. You're right. It goes to show, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, just gotta keep doing it. Where uh, do you have Where do you have that match? That was that was in Defiant, which of course uh, is no okay. longer. So I I believe the reason I'm asking this is because I believe, and it's one of the things I want to implement when training comes back, um, is is like those kind of matches should be sure they need to happen in front of a crowd. They should be in a situation where the pressure isn't on you to perform at that level you know yes, I, I like agree. if you have your first like five ten matches in training shows where people that go there know that these are students having their first matches like you may take it yourself like oh my god but it doesn't it's not going to spoil your image because everyone knows that yep. you're the expectations are there as opposed to like internet pay-per-view or like youtube <laughs> tapings right <laughs> nothing wrong with it you know i'm not saying i'm not saying that it was a bad thing you were there put in that situation i'm just saying that from a trainer's perspective it's important to give my trainees that opportunity because it's also part of their development you know and uh, i'm looking forward to to doing that you're spot on i mean you are spot on it's one of those things where i'm never gonna you know based on the whole what culture stuff i was never gonna turn down the opportunity but if somebody said, what's your ideal situation? Again, you would have had five, 10 matches elsewhere before you even got there. And I had plenty of training matches, but it's just not the same. As soon, no, as, you, the same. Uh, as soon as you insert a crowd into it, you're like, oh man, now I'm almost learning again. It's almost like mm -hmm. no matter what I've done in training, okay, you have to rely on your brain to remember, but now you've got to learn a whole new set of skills. But that's why it's such a great thing to, that's why it brings you so much satisfaction though. And that's the, look, there's far worse things obviously during the pandemic, but one of the things that upset me was I was having matches towards the end. I was like, okay, you know, I'm not great, 
but I'm better. Like I could tell I was mm-hmm. getting better. Like there would be things that would happen that before I wouldn't know what the hell to do. And now I was like, oh no, I've actually got the, you know, limited experience, but the limited experience to go, okay, well that happened last time. Let me try the other way. Oh, what do you know? It worked. And I even did my first suicide dive in my last match. Devastating. It was crap. Really? It was crap. Yep. I caught my foot on the rope, took a big face plant. I was like, well, you got to practice that one, Simon. <laughs> it's, uh, I, was all, I was well up for it. I was, the worst thing about it was as well, is that I was going to do the whole Roman Reigns over the top kind of a deal. And it was like, Miller, are you sure you're able to do it? And I know I can do it, but they convinced me to go through the middle and that was worse. So next time I go over the top, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was the shittest, the shittest suicide dive I've ever seen. Like proper, my, it is it, the equivalent of like sort of giving somebody a guitar and saying, do an acoustic set. And they're like, what do you want me to do with this? They just sort of smash it on the floor. But yeah. Who are you facing? Uh, oh man, I can't even remember now. I know Damien was in it. And, oh, it's Bullet. It was Bullet and Damien. It was a triple threat. Yeah, it's Bullet and Damien. So that's why, because they're like, we'll catch you, Miller. And they did, but they caught like three quarters of me because the other quarters <laughs> were, still, were still in the ring. Uh, it, it, it was really, really bad. But uh, yeah. I so love they, it. So if you have been sort of sat through this pandemic, and I know a lot of you have because you've mentioned it to me, and you're thinking now is the time you want to be a professional wrestler, I 100% agree with you. But make sure you work on your cardio. Make sure you find a good school, like Knuckle Locks. And- At Knuckle Locks on Instagram. There you go. Yeah, you keep up to date when that's uh, when that's going to go back live, and just you know, just enjoy the process as well, because nobody, no, no one ever says that. You know, you, you have to have fun with these things. If you're not having fun, you're not going to be putting yourself into it in the way that you probably need to. It's very much a, a be all and end all situation. You can't half ass wrestling because it, will- it needs to be about that. You're talking about like, and it's a thing that I tell my uh, my trainees, and especially when you're talking about goals and expectations and stuff. It's like. If you come here to a training session and you are acting or in your mind, you're telling yourself, this is like a tryout, you're going to put too much pressure on yourself and you're not yep. going to enjoy it. And you're going to like, because you, of course you're going to be bad at it. The, the, not just in wrestling, but in anything, the point of training something, the point is literally you're paying money to someone for someone to tell you that you're shit and tell you how to <laughs> get better. Yeah. It's you true. know, it's literally the point of training. And if, which means that you, the person needs to also be very good to identify and help you get better, but you need to allow yourself to be bad. You know, allow yourself to make mistakes because you're not there to perform and impress. You're there to learn, you know, no. and you need to enjoy it. You need to, to love doing it, especially wrestling. Wrestling sucks. <laughs> In terms of like, like physically wrestling sucks. All right. Kurt Angle took a bump and said, uh i'm not doing this right the first time he took the bump you know and then and then we all know like the issues he had you know with pills and stuff just because of how badly wrestling was on his body you know yeah. wrestling isn't easy you gotta love it you know no 100 percent. it's really 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 important and uh i think that's i mean i don't really know how much i believe this i'm hoping hoping is a better word that that is sort of a it's a more inclusive nature to wrestling when it does open up again, given everything that we've been through. And I think that's massively important because you're allowed to fall on your face. I fell on my mm-hmm. face at an actual show. Luckily, it wasn't a very well attended show, so it was all right. But I fell in my face in front of uh, <laughs> a bunch of people. And that's okay. Who actually cares? That's okay. You know I mean? yeah, yeah. I, 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 got, I gassed out and really loudly, really loudly. <laughs> I forgot there was a referee there. Really loudly. You can hear me on the taping because I have the videotape of it. I go, I'm not catching you. Duck, roll through. No. <laughs> really oh, I loudly. It, I love it. Well, dude, what's the exhaustion will make victims of us all? I can't remember what it is now. Basically, when you lose <laughs> your wind, you become a coward. Cowards of us all. That's what it is. So, yeah, do your cardio, have fun, and just enjoy it. They're the three. That's all you need to be a professional wrestler. Not everybody can be a sort of a Kurt Angle or who else is brilliant? I don't know. There's loads of people, but be you. Don't you? Maybe you will become Kenny Omega, but maybe you won't. So be you and just enjoy it. So yeah, Knuckle Locks and everything else David talked about. Absolutely somebody that I would that I would recommend. Uh, a transition now though, because David, did you watch, I and mean, we're only a couple of days removed from it. Did you watch the Double or Nothing AEW pay-per-view or have you at least immersed yourself in it enough to know what the deal was? I'm a, I'm a big fan of AEW. I'm halfway through the pay-per-view. I, uh, I, liked, I was watching... Cody and Agogo, uh, the moment that the, we started the call here. Well, that's um, a great place to start because that seems to be <laughs> one of the most controversial matches. 50% of people love it. 50% of people absolutely hate it. It's, I've, I've ne- it's one of the, You always can tell the match that separates the audience 
Because yeah, on my on my Twitter feed, cheap plug at Simon Miller three one six. What's actually chat picture the tweet plug tweet plug cheap plug your Twitter as well, David man. Guys, I'm D Francisco underscore one everywhere. If you want to follow my my wrestling journey, I came I came from Portugal. I I tried to make my name here in the UK. I really enjoy wrestling and beating people up. I have a sick ass clothesline and a sick ass pile driver. Uh, you can watch some of my stuff, uh, Instagram and Twitter, differentisco underscore one. I have a vlog. If you guys are into Simon, I'm sure you're into YouTube. If you guys want to subscribe to me on YouTube, I have like matches, highlights, vlogs, stuff that I've been doing uh, during the the pandemic and during lockout and like um, being back to training and everything. Uh, it's differentisco underscore one as well on, on YouTube. I'll just search for David Francisco. Would love to get your subscriptions there and uh, would love to get your follows. There you go. Boom. Make sure come with me that. on this journey to become a really good professional wrestler. Absolutely. I, I, I second that. It's actually, I've just realized the reason the Agogo and Cody match is so interesting to talk about as well, because it ties in to what you do, you know, what 50%, let's say, of your wrestling stuff is. Because the argument is, again, half the people say Agogo should have won. Obviously, beating Cody, big deal, going to raise your, your raise the bar. The other 50% say, no, Cody should have won because Agogo is still in his training not infancy because he's been doing it a long time but you know he's a working progress and this was a good way to sort of get him on a main show and then you know move him into something else before getting those big wins what did you think about it man because i've never trained anybody that's not my skill set i don't have the patience and i don't just mean in wrestling i mean in general i'm just that's not that's not my chemical makeup whereas i know you're very good at it so i mean i don't know how you said you're halfway through but what's been your take on the well just in it in general because obviously i like anthony agogo a lot but I understand some people are just biased because he's from the UK. There may be an element of that. I just think his story is awesome. You know, being a professional boxer, he hurts his eye, goes, oh, what am I going to do now? And now he's in flipping AEW. I mean, that is a man who has goals, who has focus and makes sure he <laughs> manifests them into reality. But yeah, what's your be opinion on the story? What's your opinion on the match so far? I know you haven't seen the finish. Yeah, I, I don't have that uh, emotional connection with the go-go. I wasn't even here in the country when he was in the when the Olympics happened. Yeah. Uh, so my only perspective of him is like, this is a successful boxer who got into professional wrestling. And um, so all I seen from him is the presentation that they had on the build up to this match, right? And the dynamites and stuff. And he's like, he's a, he's a great promo. I re he's the presentation is so different because it's like, hi, I'm a boxer. Here's a sick punch to the gut and a sick punch to the face, which is the best on the roster because this is what I do for a living. Right. My instincts is so like I have I I know the result of the match. I in uh, in fact I know how how it ends. And to be fair, if it was gonna if Cody's gonna win, then he needs to he's either gonna win with out wrestling a go go, or he's going to drop him on his head with a vertebrae. I get it. Um, my instinct is like to would be to give the win to a go go. Um, I think it makes sense to do it that way. But I also. AEW, as a fan, AEW has a lot of the benefit of the doubt from me because they've kind of like conquered that through the fact that in general, their storytelling is very good. And when the storytelling isn't good, when things aren't working, they'll abort them, right? The Nightmare Factory or Nightmare Family, for example, or what was happening with the Dark Order and the last uh, Dynamite of uh, 2019, right? Uh, where like there was a, a general negative reaction to the product and they immediately made changes to make sure that the product was, was better, the presentation was better. So um, I don't know the full the full picture and maybe they do, maybe there's something we don't know the, from what we know. And I'm like, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt of, sure, he's gonna lose here, but there's a reason why this is gonna happen and this will play out later down the line because i can i can trust aw to do that because they've shown me that they do that in other times right mm-hmm. um as like i think i would have given the window a go only because of the presentation of how much of a monster he's been so far um and like he's been killing everyone else um i also like don't think that a gogo losing in it sorry in aw is the same thing as a gogo losing in wwe where we've had so many years of let's build up this heel really strong only for John Cena to beat him at WrestleMania, whatever it is. And then, and there's nothing wrong with that. But after that, there isn't anything else, you know, that their career is done uh, or like their push is done and they're not going to care about them anymore because he's been beaten in their minds. They reach the top and that's it. That's his ceiling. Right. I think that even with the Google losing here, 
I they haven't given up on a Gogo, you know, and he'll still be um, a feature. And um, there is the argument of that. There is the argument as well of like which we are saying of he's a rookie. He, he, he sure he it's his third match, you know. He shouldn't be comfortable in a ring, and you will normally lose the first matches and first fights you have and everything. Which is it's especially like a very Japanese way of booking. You see this a lot with either like young, well, obviously the young lions or people who come back from injuries. Very rarely someone comes back from an injury and wins their first matches yeah. because they just came back from an injury. I, I think this doesn't apply in this case because Agogo has been presented as such a monster as having this powerful punch that debilitates anyone, right? Uh, he wasn't just a blocky wrestler, young wrestler who's trying his best, you know? There was like a, a certain presentation to him but it's like there's a bigger picture there that I don't know, and I trust AEW to do the right thing, and it won't be – it will make sense, you know. This loss here will make sense. Yeah, I think as well, like, even if, say, it didn't make sense for one reason or another, they're not all of a sudden going to push Anthony Agogo out of the whatever picture he's meant to be in. And mm. that's why – and I was cool with it for two reasons. One, because of that, but also, two, resting – I said this on ups and downs. Resting is so hard. <laughs> You know, it's a really, really difficult thing to do. And for that to be his third match, which again, as we've already pointed out, is so much harder when you do have uh, when you do have fans there. And to go out there and did what he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was a bit like watching it like a, a dad would watch his son at his first football game or something. <laughs> I was like, man, dude, you have smashed this. What an inspiration that you went in there with, uh, with Cody Rhodes, who was a really smart person to put him in there with because Cody has gotten so good over the last few years. You know, he's like a workhorse. He knows what to do and how to protect people and, you know, shine up the good bits and hide the bad bits. But yeah, as I, I, mean, I need to see what the follow-up from Dynamite is. I mean, AEW does have a tendency to do these matches and then all of a sudden never going back to them. But it all depends yeah. on what a go-go says after the fact and what he does next. I, it I may like not even be about a go-go, you know? Like, maybe they're going to go for Cody challenging for the TNT Championship now that Darby doesn't have it anymore. And he needed, like, it's if that's the case... It's better for Cody to go for the championship coming from a win as opposed to Cody going for a championship after losing his latest big high profile match. Yeah, which people which is how about. other people book. <laughs> and if you really think about it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think that actually could be a direction because Miro was doing the interview rounds recently and he's dropped Cody Rhodes' name a lot. And again, one of my fantasies, well, one of my predictions was double or nothing. Maybe a go go just kicks the absolute crap out of. Uh, Cody and Cody goes away for a while because obviously Brandy Rhodes is pregnant. I'm sure he wants some time to, you know, be with his newborn. Um, I think it's a girl. I can't remember. Whatever the newborn offspring. If we are going into Miro after this, mm. just do it with that. <laughs> do it, you know, do it with Miro. Yeah, Have Miro yeah. be the mm. guy because that is his whole character. Like he does kind of tie into what a go-go does as well. But Miro, 100% is I'm going to rip your head off and absolutely destroy you. I don't give a crap. And I saw someone the other day, I think it was on the internet, which obviously means it's probably just somebody ranting and raving, but they were like, oh, Mira hasn't changed <laughs> WWE. No, and nor should he. Like, this was the yes. version of, of Rusev, Mira, whatever you want to call him that I have wanted, but it's just finally being presented in a way where I can actually buy in. And again, no, it's not all of a sudden going to have the legs cut off under it when he does get himself into a good opportunity. Miro is one of my favorite characters, characters and wrestlers, but I understand that uh, it's difficult because do I want to see Miro wrestle a 25 minute match no I want to see Miro absolutely destroy somebody and spit on their grave and go right who's next that's what I'm enjoying it's like the same with Goldberg I'm not saying he doesn't have the uh, the skill set to do it I'm sure that he does but it's the same thing like if Kenny Omega ran in there and did a three minute squash I'd be like that's not really what I want from Kenny Omega because that doesn't suit the character that i have built up in my head there are certain things that i expect and that i don't expect so if it turns out that cody is going after that tnt title and miro beats him i actually think really when you look at it overall it helps miro a hell of a lot even if cody comes back after six months or six weeks whatever and, and wins that's fine i don't care we've done that a thousand times this old school wrestling but in that moment much like it helped Brody lee you know, it was a huge thing in his career when he was able to do that. He did the same thing with Miro. Then you've moved Miro up a notch. And again, hopefully Anthony Agogo is doing stuff under the surface. And I'm and pretty like, sure Anthony Agogo Gogo is a future project. Match. Huh? Agogo is a future project, you know, it's a project for the future. Yep. Miro is something for now. I, I'm speculating here, obviously. I don't know if he's going to go for, for Miro. But it's like, if this is the choice, then Agogo losing that match is the necessary evil. But like, He's not done, you know. He'll be he'll be around. That would be really good, you know. I always still have opportunities. 
people always go to me like, oh, Miller, do you think Anthony Agogo minds? I'm like, trust me. I don't think a lot of wrestlers mind. If someone said to me, Miller, we're going to bring you in and we're going to treat you on that level, but you lose every match, I'd be like, where do I sign? <laughs> I don't give a shit about winning. I'll lose every it's single 20, match. It's 2021, guys, <laughs> right? Like people, people cared about losing matches in the 80s. The 80s were 40 years ago. That's you know, yeah, let's, let's not talk about that. 40 years <laughs> ago. But, no, but I, I just, I, I understand people say, oh, you can't look at it that way. Well, I do. I look at it like an opportunity. What a cool thing to say you did. I had a run in AEW. How many matches did you win? Nothing, but I was on AEW. Well, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be worried about the fact, when Anthony Gogo is 90 years old, he's not going to go, I should have beaten Cody. Should have been in Cody. Yeah, <laughs> They're because, burying me. Yeah, you did because somebody told you not to. It's as simple as that. You can get mm -hmm. around that mentally. Uh, what have you thought about the show so far overall? Because I thought Double or Nothing was tremendous. And again, everyone's saying it's boring, it's cheesy. I understand. It does sound like a WWE tagline. But the reason it was so good was because of the fans. You know, it's it's one of those things where you've had silence. <laughs> oh, for so man. Long, and then there's so Goosebumps, loud. man. Oh, man. They're so loud. Someone that I know that lives out there messaged me and said, and again, this is a boring story. Everyone's already repeated it. But he said, that is the best crowd I have ever been a part of to the point that this will, you know, stay with me until, you know, however long. And I totally get what he means because I was very lucky to go to All In 2018. So their first, oh, man. you know, before AEW was even existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that, was, that, that must have been incredible. Life. Well, there was such a loud reaction to the first match. I can't even remember who was in it now. But it was uh, so MJF loud. MJF versus Christopher Daniels. I don't, there was a, a pre-show match though. There was one that oh. I don't think it made onto, it had, uh, I think it had Matt Seidel in it. It was, yeah, it was one that just before anybody had even, had even kicked off. And the, the the roar was so loud. Honestly, it like pierced my soul. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Because again, it, it, my body and brain couldn't handle what the hell is this crazy noise? And everyone said it was a similar thing there. And I am sure there are elements of that show that if I had watched in silence, whatever we're calling the pandemic stuff, it wouldn't have been as good. But with that extra adrenaline and with that extra rush, I was like, man, I can't fault this show. I had a wonderful time for four hours or whatever the, whatever the hell it was. And I'm really, really hoping that, you know, WWE's opening its doors, obviously AEW and everybody else that we get that back because it's so easy to forget how important that is. But anyway, I digress. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite thing about it. What's kind of in your big takeaway of, of what you've seen? I, I, need, I need to correct myself. Uh, the, the first... The first match apparently was uh, SoCal Uncensored versus Briscoes. Apparently, I don't even remember. On that. All in. Is that? <laughs> and then, and then, and then it was the Battle Royal. I remember the Battle Royal, um, yeah, because with um, Chico and then and and MJF faced Matt Cross. Daniels faced Stephen Amell. I can't remember. That's on the pay per view there. That was the, it was, that was the Battle Royal where Animal from Legion of Doom was in it, right? Yes. That yes, so it was. Weird. That was so crazy. <laughs> I was like, what? All right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, I, I feel I feel like with this I forgot the question, but it was about the crowd, right? Um, just about in general, what was your kind of? Man, to me, it was the first proper pay per view in terms of all the elements of professional wrestling that we've had. WrestleMania counts to a certain degree, but the rain and the weather, absolutely. Yeah. You know? There's there's two things there. Um, the crowd is such a big deal, and then an element that brings the crowd to the next level is their reaction to the entrance songs right like the wild thing reaction is incredible on dynamite the um, the, the the judas sing-along was incredible oh, man. Yeah, and like that's such a like such a great environment there and uh, it just <laughs> i <th> <laughs> I had I had tears in my eyes at certain points of watching that dynamite and a little bit of all out as well just because it's like it's 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 an experience that I haven't had for 15 months, and you almost forget what it feels like. And I I it's it's one it's my it's can be like my second or third thing favorite in wrestling is the the feeling in my like in my body in my skin of a crowd reaction. You know, um, it, it just there, there's something very special about it, and the fact that that is coming back, that element that was so lost is coming back makes such a difference. And I'm sure that like all the wrestlers were very into it as well. Um, it, it was <laughs> Jungle Boy being surprised at how over he is, is incredible. It's so good. You Those know? real emotions get you, don't they? You're like, oh man, that kid hasn't got a clue. And you like him the, more because of it. Yeah. Like he wins the the, the Battle Royal, which I wasn't expecting. I thought, I thought like,
like I was convinced they were gonna like give it to Christian um, because it would make sense to to give him a like to Omega as a challenger. But maybe they want to build up for more than that. Um, but like the, when he he wins the 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 battle royal, and not only is everyone actually cheering for him to win in that face off with him and Christian, but then at the end when he actually wins and everyone was he's looking at the crowd like. What is happening? Why? Why? The, <laughs> I know I'm a babyface, but why am I the guy that gets the biggest reaction on the show? It, 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 it's 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 so good, and um, and it makes such a difference, and it, it just helps the show be better. You know, so far we were um, like keeping the boat afloat, but now that the audiences are back, that's actually when the show is getting good, and and it, it, it was it's an incredible experience, you know. No, I, I think it just makes such a difference. The pay-per-view, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the pay-per-view. I, I love, I cannot begin to explain how much I love John Moxley and Eddie Kingston together. <laughs> they're already like, they're two of my favorites right now currently in the world. And the fact that they're like tag team, team together and they have that chemistry that they do, that match was incredible. Um, the hang the hangman um uh machine match was very good as well it was like that was the match where like fuck, look at this crowd they're they're really into it yeah right but that tag match was was very special and i'm very excited to like see what's going to happen with the rest of the show but even with from the majority of the reactions that i have mostly because of the bubble that i'm in of like oh cody is going too far with this american versus british gimmick and when everything right i see him do his entrance and i hear that crowd and you know what it's working they're into it you know like we have if you're not american you have elements in the in that show and in that company to like you can be a bit put off by that specific element but there will be other people who like are really into it and it's not this and it's not about He's been trying to present it, and I kind of get it. Of um, it's not the thing of like USA, USA, we're the best, we're the best. It's just like I, you know what, you you're proud of where you come from. Cool, I'm proud of where I come from too, and uh, and and that's it. And I'm gonna call myself the American Dream because I love my dad. Um, and th that crowd was super into it. You know, same thing we're in Japan when when like oh why why is New Japan doing this or something like that like. Uh, the great O'Karn is maybe the best example where like in this side of the world, everyone is like, why is great O'Karn having this push and everything? And everyone, um, and, and then, then the Japanese crowds are reacting big to him. He's having a big buzz about him. Uh, people who like uh, live in Japan and do content about wrestling in Japan, ex like you can tell how they are being all very obvious of like the great O'Karn is working as a presentation, as a character as a style of wrestling and and yeah it's great i'm very much looking forward to seeing the the, the rest of it the, the cinema stampede i think that triple threat is going to be amazing um i think it's going to be incredible uh and um and yeah and miro that's what i see miro again oh miro yeah miro is the best and i totally agree with you with the cody thing like it's uh you know it's an eclectic show you get something here you get something there and you kind of tick a bunch of you tick a bunch of boxes as you go but also as a wrestling fan that has been brought up on uh, wrestling from this side of the pond i have seen so many country versus country stuff at this stage i just expected at some point in professional wrestling <laughs> and i did think it allowed anthony agogo to get himself across like an absolute asshole on on social media i think that's where the kind of story was built from it wasn't necessarily cody saying well he was going america america but it was out of the seeds of anthony agogo going yeah i think america's a pile of crap <laughs> and here's why like, he really went you know he really this went into it heat, yeah so I yeah I don't I, mind. I I, th I think it's cheesy. Oh, let's do a, a USA versus UK ish angle. I think it's cheesy, but it worked. So you know, if fans are cheering, I I get the argument is well they would have cheered anything. Well, not necessarily. Like I'm sure there's some yeah. stuff that would have turned them off. But I totally agree with you about that tag match. I think I thought that John Moxley and Eddie Kingston were so over and there was so much buzz for them. They may actually win the championships. Obviously, I got that completely wrong. But the young bucks to me, and again, this always sends the internet absolutely wild. I think they're one of the best tag teams ever. And not just because they're adaptable and not just because they seem to be able to have any kind of match you want as a good guy or bad guy, but also in the sense, as their book says, I think it's called something like this, they did revolutionize professional wrestling in the sense that mm -hmm. you can, as we talked about earlier, you can bet on yourself, you can merchandise yourself, you can be officially an independent contractor and you can make so much money that you can just do professional wrestling as your thing. Because especially we're when they were coming right up- right now. Yeah. Like you and me and talking right now because of their influence in the wrestling world. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because like when they were coming up as well, there was this rhetoric, and even I knew, and you know, who the flip am I, that it was you need to be this look, and you need to be this way, and you need to get to WWE. And if you want to try and circumvent that, you're going to, you know, you're going to be struggling. You know, basically was was the idea. But the fact that they have got to the, the top of the chain, and I'm not saying that anybody has to like the Young Bucks. They're not for you. That is perfectly cool. But to the people that say that they are not good at what they do, that's kind of where I draw the line because I've never seen them have a bad match, especially on a big show. And it's their adaptability. They can just work with anyone. Now, I knew that taking on Moxley and Kingston was going to be good. But I did have this question mark, like, well, what are they going to do? Because you've got Moxley and Kingston, who are just fighters or brawlers. And then you've got the Young Bucks, who have kind of been through this transition recently based on the fact they've gone bad, guys. But it was just, what was it 25 minutes or something like that? And it was just so well put together. And it was so fun. And it had elements of everything. It was serious. It was funny. It was over the top. It was enjoyable. I just like, again, if it's not for you, I completely get that. You can't expect to have, uh, you know, one thing for everyone. But I really loved it. And I think it was probably, well, it depends how you look at it. To me, you mentioned the triple threat. They, they were the two best matches on the show. So either you go with the triple threat, you go with the tag. But actually, my favorite match of the show was everything that Sting did. But that's only because I'm massively, massively oh, yeah. biased towards Sting. And somehow a 62-year-old man wrestled like he was 30 years younger. I mean, you're going to get to that. And I, I don't understand it. I don't, especially a man that has neck problems. I, he's, he's, he's unreal. The man, the man doesn't make any sense, which is why all those idiots that tweeted me going, oh, I can't believe Sting took his top off to wear the old singlet. He looked so old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he is so old. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's he's the point 62. here. <laughs> what do you think he's going to look like under there? I don't understand that why he should have hit his body. No, you should say, flipping hell, man. Look how old I actually am, but look how I can move. It defies logic. That makes him even cooler to me. Once once again, it's... it's and I, I don't mean this as an insult. I just mean this is the reality it's it's the um i'm sure you have an expression for, there's a portuguese expression for this where it's like you know how horses have these like side plates on their eyes yeah right um and and there there's fans that, that are which is fine okay i'm like people enjoy whatever they want to enjoy and i'm not here to argue about it because i don't want to waste my time but there's fans <laughs> who will wear those things right if you go and look and see what they're doing in Mexico, right? Atlantis, who is one of the biggest stars in Arena Me- in, in CMLL, who has sold out Arena Mexico so many times. He, he Right now, he's 62 years old, and he looks 62 years old. Surely he has the benefit of wearing a mask, but Sting has the benefit of painting his face. And everyone knows he's old, and that's part of the charm. Totally agree. That's why it's so cool. And, like... The WWE is the, is the biggest company in the world. They have this directive of like, we don't want to old people, we don't want old people on our TV. And obviously, like, the, because of the influence they have, they'll have other people watching this. But like, the world in the world of wrestling, that's not actually how things work. You know, the only thing that can, um, the only thing that dictates your ability to get over is your ability to get over. There's no factors besides that. And being old is not a bad thing. Being 63 years old and being the world champion and beating everyone is a bad thing. Exactly. That is not what Sting is doing. Darby Allen is ridiculously over. He would be over no matter what, but the association with Sting is absolutely making him even more over because the young fans will be on Darby's side. The older fans will respect Darby because... He's associated with Sting. He's yeah. Sting's guy. And that's one of the reasons why he's one of the most over guys. And the ratings he pulls. He's he's a ratings rate. Darby Allen is a ratings draw, you know. Yeah. It's 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 um, yeah, I I I didn't know he wrestled with a singlet. I'm very happy he did, and I'm looking forward to that. And I am sure that Ethan Page, who is a massive geek, was <laughs> loving. And, uh, he's a nerd, he's a wrestling nerd he i'm sure he was i'm sure scorpio sky was into as well don't get me wrong but like having watched like ethan age's vlogs and stuff i know that the child inside him was loving being in the ring with sting you know how could you another another example of uh like aw being very good at shifting course and realizing when it's time and it isn't time and like doing the best when it comes to stories and not being stubborn and everything. And one of the reasons why I, as a fan, have like have a lot of faith in them is the entire arch of Britt Baker. Oh right? man, totally. It's like they try to present her as the top baby face of the company. Sure. She had issues with injuries and everything, but also People were not into her as much as they were into other people. And it started to feel like it was a bit like shoved down the throat. Cool. Let's step her back. 
let's figure out how we can make this work. Maybe turning your heel is going to be the way it's going to work. Oh, it's working. Cool. Let's delay it as much as possible until people really are ready for this championship change and let's give it to them when the time is right. And there they are. I'm very much looking forward to that match as well. And, and they did do that as well, because I remember she cut that promo on Tony Schiavone where she called him a Starbucks, whatever. That was February mm -hmm. or March 2020. So they absolutely took their time, given that we're now in June 2021. And I always feel vindicated when I bring this up. I am certainly not I told you so kind of a guy, but I am going to be that guy now. When they cut, when she cut that promo, I said, there is something here. And I remember my, my Twitter mentions, Miller, you're an asshole. Miller, you're an idiot. You're too positive. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that is, like you said, David, man, that is looking and going, we can fashion this into something else. And I will admit, look, did, did Sheila and her have the match I was expecting? No, like it was, it was still good. I liked it, but maybe I was expecting a little bit more. But the, um, the, the way it was put together and the finish, which as Al Snow always told me is the most important thing when it comes to wrestling is spot on. And yeah, I, I, I thought uh, overall, I just thought the, I just thought it was a great pay-per-view, which was a shame because then 24 hours later, we also had the worst Raw that I think <laughs> I've seen in a year. I'm guessing you didn't watch Raw. We've talked about that. I haven't watched that one yet. Was um, it worse than the Raw last week? Yes. <laughs> and that, that, the reason Actually, no, sorry. The Raw two week. which one was the Raw that had like two really good matches? Uh, um, which one was the Raw with Riddle and uh, and Xavier? Xavier Woods? Yeah, it was last week. That was really good. Okay, I the Raw match. two weeks ago was really bad. This was this worse. one worse? This is worse, but it's only worse because of that Raw two weeks ago because they did all of the same stuff but did it worse. <laughs> so it's like, okay, <laughs> so I've seen it and now you've executed it poorly. I really that don't... I re so uh, repeating matches and angles and stuff that they do, that does not sound like Raw at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Who would have thunk it? But this one is, this one, this one was very, 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 very difficult. I won't. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's a positive show. But I, I don't understand what's going on with Raw at the moment. Everyone knows I'm a positive Pete. I'm a positive guy. But that was a, I was. It was one of the first Raws probably in about four years where I thought to myself, I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> I'm just going to go. <laughs> I, on need, up and down I need a and second say, and be like, so, I don't uh, want. I didn't watch are it. you telling me that are you telling me that um magic does not attract you to watch a wrestling show here's the weird thing i'm all right with magic if you want to do magic are you are you all right with our magic though i i'm all right with i'm all right with magic in wrestling i'm not all right with this magic in wrestling which means they're <laughs> not doing it right because when i was a kid something that really really you know was the greatest thing ever was kane I loved Kane. I loved Kane having mm. fire shooting out the posts. I loved that Kane could somehow control the lights. I loved all of this gibberish. I had, I had this conversation the other day, right? They never, ever like explicitly told you, oh my God, Kane has magic powers. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Things it was like happened. things, things happened. And if you, if you really wanted to twist yourself into a pretzel, you could find a justification for everything. Yep. Right? Why is Kane making fire come out of the, the thing? Oh, because it's a wrestling show. It's a production. They There's a timing there that they're going to do and, and that they have it ready, just like they have other fireworks ready, right? Um, the thing about, like, uh, The Undertaker, like, sending lightning rays, <laughs> right? I'm like, first of all, people always bring that up. Like, that's what The Undertaker is known for. Like, oh, <laughs> don't... don't... Like, twice, yeah. Yeah, that, and it's like the incredible career of The Undertaker. The things... <laughs> The things we know about the like the first thing that comes to mind with the Undertaker is it the Shawn Michaels matches? Is it the incredible streak? Is it the entrance? No, it's when he did magic to Randy Orton that one time. That's the first thing that comes to mind. It's not. It's not right. It's not. Don't come and tell me it is because it's not right. When you are a wrestling announcer that needs to say, "Oh my God." Alexa Bliss is doing some of that magic on Shayna Baszler's knee. And th there, there's no other explanation to it besides magic. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for crowds to return. Oh, I said this the other day. So that they either boo or absolutely do not care about these segments. I, I'm like... The only people that I know 
that like this are people on Twitter. And I know that there's not a lot of credibility on what the Twitter hive mind <laughs> thinks when it comes to content on their wrestling show and what they like and don't like. We all know about trolling. We all know about people who say things because they're going to get a response and they are fun that way. There's no one in the real world that looks at that and goes, oh, this is cool. No. That is a wrestling fan. Like people might watch for that, but they won't watch the three hours of the show because once the if they come in for the magic, once the magic ends, they don't care about Sheamus and Ricochet fighting each other because they don't like wrestling. They like magic. You're a wrestling show. Like, oh, you're not. You're a sports entertainment show. Cool. Look at your ratings compared to the ratings of everything else and the average ratings of the cables and your numbers besides when it comes to direct-to-consumer business and come and tell me that that's um, um, that's not being an issue. The fact that you're that people do not want to buy sports entertainment, right? And, uh, and, and come do that. Look at your numbers and tell me that that's working. Anyways, WWE, let me know when you want to get me in a contract and I'll listen to your offer. <laughs> no, I mean, I won't promise I'll sign it, but you're looking, but at it. I'll listen, <laughs> but I'll, I'll have a look. I'll have a look, see what the terms are and then go from there. It was just uh, a very, you know, that I'm always very political and I don't go like on rents or criticizing products and anything. Right. It's the first time that I do it on something like this. I'm glad it's the, I do it on the biggest platform that I've ever been in. <laughs> When it comes to podcasting, but it goes. I to am show. sure no one is going to listen to this. It goes to show, man. Magic, it's just, and the fact they're doing it with Shayna Baszler, like the one thing I will take over anything in wrestling is legitimacy. I love someone that walks out, and I'm like, that's that's real. We've all heard that before. Oh, the rest of the stuff is fake, but that person's real, and that's the kind of stuff that you know you get from Shayna Baszler. And she is again. I won't ruin it for you, although do not watch it. But the fact that no, she no, is no, now tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, wait, wait, she, she lost the Reginald. She, I know, I know what happened. She lost the Reginald because of Alexa Bliss's magic. Uh, yes, but then it was the fact that essentially they teased that the doll is going to beat her. That's the problem. There was a very, <laughs> very, very big tease that Lily the doll will beat Shayna Baszler, and when that happens, <laughs> I need to question my existence. So you say that you, you, you like that comes to you as a surprise, and and how how is this happening? I am. I'm like it's WWE. What? <laughs> who else? Who else were you expecting to be put on that position? Of wow. course, they're gonna look at the roster and go, "That's the one." Shayna Baszler needs someone to teach her character. You know, Shayna Baszler needs to work with someone that's gonna make her interesting. She's the person that needs to be involved in this. Here's a thought for you. You ready for this thought? I'm ready. I, I know you're seated because I can see you, but I, are you ready for this thought? <laughs> How about Natalia? And Tamina defending their championship and probably losing to Alexa Bliss and Lily the Doll. Dude, I, I I am disgusted that you have thrown that out into the I, into the wild. That's Simon, not a real I don't thing. Think I don't think you understand. I honestly think maybe they've changed course, but when the doll was presented. I am almost 100% certain, not as in, oh, I heard rumors. It's like knowing what I know from the way the creative minds work in this company, I am almost 100% certain that the end goal for it was let's make these the women tag team champions. It's, I would love to be And able it may to say, still be. I would love to be able to say there's no way, but I actually think there is a huge chance that is going to happen and you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen and amazingly that's how we're going to end the show as well with the prediction that a doll <laughs> and alexa bliss will win the women's tag team championship and if you do you got to give credit to david that's not mine i'm not taking credit for it i believe it could happen but that is not that is not my stuff everyone else listen to this if that happens you all owe me a, a merch buy yeah, or a subscription, or a follow. <laughs> or a, just stop me. You just have to yes. engage with David. You got to go engage. Just, with just him, come man. say hi. Just be like, hey, you know what, David? You don't have to say that I'm right because it's not about this. It's not about my ego. Okay, <laughs> it never is. Come on, uh, it's uh, it's just like you know what? I heard you say it. I heard you say it, and it happened. I would, that, dude. I, I promise you this. If it happens, I will clip this and I will get it on the internet, and we will make sure you get your due. hundred percent. I promise you that. 
Dude, I'm sure you also pre- clipped the part of stop watching the three hours of Raw and watch the VOD of my show instead. I'll do that. I'll do it all. I just have a bunch <laughs> of clips of you just to say, we listen to David now. That's what we do. This is the new rule of thumb. Uh, dude, get all your plugs out again as well for your for your show, for yourself, uh, for anyone that's still hanging around and wants to be reminded. Yes, thanks for keeping listening. I hope you guys had fun. I'm a professional wrestler. Actually, I'm a damn good professional wrestler. And trainer. And, uh, and ah, thank you. And uh, I'm gonna wrestling is gonna come back soon, and I'm gonna have so much more to show. So like, follow me on your favorite platform, Francisco underscore one, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Like, I I I I really like what I do on YouTube. I honestly, I like like I haven't done much because I've been busy with purpose in the past couple of weeks. But I like I've been able to like record my life, do some vlogs that I'm proud of. I have matches there if you want guys want to watch some of my matches from two years ago. I'm a different and better wrestler now, I promise. Uh, and uh, um, some highlights and everything. And I'm going to keep uploading content like that on my YouTube channel. It's differentisco underscore one. Uh, as for uh, trainer, as he said, uh, we're going to come back with the wrestling school in London uh, sooner or later. It's um, it's Knucklelocks on Instagram, at Knucklelocks. Uh, there's also a Facebook page, just search for Knucklelocks School of Wrestling. And the website, knucklelocks.com, there's a newsletter you can sign up there. And the information's about everything normally go to the newsletter first because we know that it's it's people that actually want to listen about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's right there. Right now, until we open, I've been doing for months now, I've been doing weekly online classes. And we do like promos, which is the case of tomorrow's class. Uh, people send in promos and we watch them and critique them and uh, learn from them there. We do match study. We talk about theory and wrestling. Sometimes I have topics like last uh, two weeks ago, I did a, a class on how to get booked, right? The business of pro wrestling. Uh, we're doing those uh, weekly classes on Knuckle Locks as well. So if you're a professional wrestling in training, if you want to join us, that we do them via Zoom. Everyone is welcome to attend. Just send us a message saying that you like to join and um, we'll be able to do it from there. And as for purpose, uh, my my new recent baby, um, it's been it's been in the works. It's been very hard, a lot of hard work in the past two weeks, but it's definitely been worth it. Especially with the great reaction that I had to the announcement, and in a way to like the nice words people said about me uh, when when it comes to that announcement. There, uh, it makes me makes me very happy and and um, and very proud that I was able to that people were saying those things about me. Uh, it's in London, new wrestling promotion in London. We're going to continue with uh, the great shows and the great quality of wrestling that it used to be uh, before the pandemic hit in the London wrestling scene. PurposeWrestling.com is where you can find all the information about it. Our next show is on July, sorry, August 13th of August. It's a Friday. It's a super fun night out. It's in Wimbledon, Merton Art Space, all the information about that. PurposeWrestling.com. If you want to follow us, Instagram, Purpose Wrestling, and on Twitter, WrestlePurpose. Would love to get your follow for you guys to follow us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, just like it this is. podcast was. I, <laughs> I will back that up as well. Like I said, I've known David for a while now. Very good guy. And yeah, instrument. I remember before my very first match, it was David, the person I did a private session and it was all, you know, he taught me the things that I needed to know. So you can absolutely trust in that. Make sure you go follow and keep up to date. Uh, otherwise, make sure you give this podcast a subscribe as well on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever you use. Drop a five-star rating. Uh, you can support the show. Oh, oh. If you guys like, sorry, if you like, uh, if you guys like podcasts, I have my own as well. Just search for yeah, yeah, the yeah. David Francisco podcast. Uh, all information like links for this, links for the YouTube, links for merch, davidfrancisco.net will be the best way for you to find. If you want the, to find links to subscribe to the podcast, but it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, uh, the David Francisco podcast. There you go. Make sure you listen to that as well and subscribe to that as well, no matter what you use. And again, if you want to support my podcast, you can patreon.com for Simon316. Check me out on YouTube at Simon Miller, Instagram and Twitter at Simon316, and big stock, uh, sorry, big merch restock coming at simonmiller.bigcartel.com. Probably the next couple of weeks for those people that keep asking. I'm just getting new designs made. But otherwise, make sure you have a great Tuesday. We'll be back in a couple of days, probably to talk about, well, who knows what's going to happen. There is never a quiet day in the world of pro wrestling. But take care, have a good evening, and I will speak to you soon.